So hello everyone and welcome back to the BMW Blog Podcast. Uh, this is episode 64 and today we have on the two hosts from The Straight Pipes. And uh, we're here to talk about a lot of, uh, you know, how they got started in YouTube and, you know, how they're uh, growing their channel and some of the interesting car stories they have from, uh, you know, their very uh, long history of reviewing cars. So hi guys, thanks for joining us. How's it going? Hey, thanks for having us. Hey guys, so maybe uh, who wants to start first, Yuri or Jacob? I mean, uh, maybe tell us a little bit how you guys yeah. got started. How did you two pair up maybe and a little bit of the history behind that? Sure, yeah, I'll start. Um, so I'm actually the one that started the straight pipes by okay. myself. Um, it started off as a car uh, exhaust intake sound channel, hence the name the straight pipes. Okay. Um, so I didn't review any cars. I didn't want to review any cars. I didn't want to be on camera. I just wanted to drive the cars and listen to the sounds that the cars made. <laughs> so that's basically where I came from. Um, gotcha. But sometime along that, I kind of wanted to uh, get access to more cars. So I saw that people were reviewing cars and getting access to all these new cars. And I'm like, how are they getting this? Like, how does this all work? And then I talked to some people in the industry and they're like, you just have to put yourself on camera and you need to say some driving impressions. So that was the time where I was like, okay, I guess I got to turn the camera on myself, um, where I kind of did it reluctantly, but in order to get access to the cars that I wanted to drive, that's what I had to do. And then at the same time, Yuri was working in the film industry and then he helped me out on some shoots. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I was working at motoring TV. So I stole all oh, the, uh, slowly, so over the years, stole all of the uh, secrets of how to get press cars from the journalists and unlike jacob i'm not shy from the camera i wouldn't mind being on camera so i'm like yeah let's do it let's try to let's try to review, review cards let's try to be top gear and like surprisingly enough it worked out and we've been friends since uh, grade nine in the year 2000 so it's like 22 years now wow. we've always been car buddies doing donuts and parking lots in winter together uh so yeah it's uh it's fun it's been a fun uh, progression i guess and so like how far you said back? earlier how far like 22 years man no like, i mean 22 years how far back for the channel Oh, uh, I started it in 2012. Is that right? Well, it's been a while. No. Like that. The first, but the first review we filmed of my Honda Element was in 2015, November. Gotcha. We posted yes. that 2016 in the summer because we were nervous about it. And then we posted more, 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 more. And then I think by 20, I don't know if it was 17 or 18. Yeah. By 18, I, by 18, I quit my job because you had to quit your job in 17, then I quit mine in 18 to support you. That's just right. For fun. <laughs> yeah. And I, sorry, I just looked it up. January or uh, April 18th, 2012 is when I started the straight pipes. <laughs> I see. Gotcha. That's way back. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So yeah, nice. if you were to tell people, how would you differentiate yourself from any other car reviewers out there? Like, what attracts people to you? I mean, we've seen your videos for <laughs> people that haven't seen them, maybe. Well, I think I we got the, lucky that we started early. Um, yeah, compared we to were the right else. time. Gotcha. And I think what what we did was we were just ourselves, but we started off with a lot of good filming and good audio, which a lot of the other channels didn't have. And if they did have it, it was Motor Trend. And like we've all heard the stories where Google was handing out money to everyone, make content on our channel. And yeah. then I guess once that money ran out, we showed up and just <laughs> did it all ourselves with zero budget just because we had the gear. So I think... Mm -hmm. That's what really made us stand out at the beginning was that we could do everything on our own with no yeah. budget. 
And it was the fact that we were also friends because, like, if you look at all the other hosts or whatever or every other show that was successful or had some sort of viewership, like, it was just hosts that were put together by an organization. And it just hopefully ended up working out, basically. But for us, we were already friends prior to uh, filming. Gotcha. Yeah, that's... Chemistry is important. It's huge for, you know, that kind of channel. Yeah, and we, like, we never started off. We never wanted to be those, like, spec sheet review car reviewers. And I think that's, at the time really differentiated us and since then i think there's been a lot more of that so it's it's good to uh start somewhere with that that. i've still never started a video standing at a car looking at it and talking to a camera not once i don't think i ever will well (laughs) did i know not the traditional way maybe as a selfie but never like the stereotypical i'm on a press trip someone's holding the camera and i'm talking like that it's not my style Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do a combination of both, honestly. I, I struggle sometimes, uh, which is the right way. Um, sometimes people, I mean, they give feedback to Nico so that, you know, he's in the car, like text, like driving a taxi and just keeps on talking for 20 minutes. So some, yeah. some people hate it, some people like it. Um, I guess we still uh, try to find the, the right balance in yeah, between. Yeah, find our, our little groove, yeah. Exactly. Well, there's, there's different styles that work for everyone. Like, I'll even, I'll watch reviews from different reviewers when I haven't had a chance to research on a car before. And I like, sometimes, like, give me that, give me that 30-minute Alex on autos or Redline reviews, and, like, that's the perfect thing for you now. It's sometimes I just want something that's, like, quick in and out, like a 10-minute, whatever sure and even sometimes like dealership walkarounds are perfect i guess there's like a mood for everything mm-hmm. right. right there is yeah i mean sometimes i just literally film with gopros too sometimes i just go behind a gopro and i just give kind of quick overview of their car i don't need to spend half an hour talking about features and all of that so we do some of that too but you know speaking of different styles i think we'll have a chance to talk to doug demoro very very soon too so he's got a very unique style yeah. and, and i guess that's one thing that i personally like about the car reviewers there are so many different styles and everybody's got their own following and I don't feel like, you know, there is the right formula. It's just whatever sticks with your audience, really. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, think, I think when we started, a lot of ours was like, what is everyone else doing? How can we not copy them and do it mm-hmm. like our own style? Just like that was like almost part of the challenge for us. Sure. Right. And I think, yeah. For yeah. Sure. yeah, it was just, it was like a fun creative process. And then I guess we kind of figured it out and now we don't really change anything. And yeah, 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 we've, yeah. We've now kind of pigeon ourse- pigeonholed ourselves into this format that for good or bad has worked out. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like, you know, we want to do different stuff. But then every time we try something that's like slightly different than the formula, we sometimes don't see the results that we'd like to see. So it's like, oh, man, yeah. I guess we just got to keep doing it the same way. But it's right. fun. Yeah. It's fun. It works clearly. I mean, it's just going, working out for you guys. Just so going for I'm, a drive. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cool. So how far back um, do you do you go as far as your first memory of a car? Or maybe let's start with that and then we go into what was your first car? Um, I can start this. I got a funny story that I like sure. to tell. Um, my parents um, like to kind of, when I was playing outside, I grew up in Poland. I was very, very young. Okay. Um, and cars would drive by and then I would apparently name the car by the sound of the exhaust and they told me that I was right. And I didn't think that I was right after I figured that out about 30 years later. But they heard me say that and they actually corrected me and they said that I was actually correct. And they, they told me why is because yeah. at the time there weren't many different types of brands of cars mm-hmm. on the road. So like it was actually apparently fairly accurate because there was like a Peugeot that sounded very totally different than a 
Opal, then it sounded totally different than a Mercedes or BMW or whatever. And like, you'd never hear a BMW where we were growing up, like on a farm country. But um, yeah, so that's my kind of first memory of like cars. Um, and then I'll let you answer that one and then I can get the next one. Yeah, I mean, I, I always like cars, but uh, I think what I haven't had a chance to talk about yet was I, I actually was just thinking about it. My first memory of a BMW was um, in elementary school. My buddy Stefan, his mom picked him up. It was like a four door. I mean, I don't know my old BMWs. So we never had a chance to drive them. Like, it must have been like a 1989 or like 91, like three something. Three series. And I remember, probably the E30. Yeah, and there. I remember yeah. thinking that I'm like, why do people like this? This car like sucks. It looks stupid. And I, I did not care for it at all. And I didn't think it was cool. Like now, I realize BMWs are super cool. Like to be honest, I didn't even think BMWs were that cool until we drove that first like 440i, and then I was like, wait a yeah. second. <laughs> like this is this is cool because I was always into American cars. Mm-hmm. So, and but that, even, that was my first BMW experience. I remember and it was like goldish brown. Goldish yeah, yeah, brown. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very typical eighties, nineties, thirties color. Yeah. So funny to play off what Yuri said. Um, so I had a Ford Escort as like my second car, which was actually my first car because it was a hand me down from my grandma. Anyways, <laughs> it was a ninety six Ford Escort, and there was this mod that was sort of like coming out as people were doing. Uh, was to retrofit E36 headlights into, because everything was like squares at the time. Is that the angel thing? Yeah. So I tried to do that. I have photos of uh, E36 headlights on my Escort, and I just, I couldn't get it to line up, but I got it very close, and I just abandoned it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. And like Yuri, like I didn't actually have any experience with like driving a BMW until like more modern times, but uh, like a friend in uh, high school had like a, like it was like a three, three eighteen or something, like an E thirty six, and who it was just like his like beater. Um, the uh, what's his name, Dan, with all the two forties and stuff. Oh yeah, 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 that guy, that guy. Okay, yeah. yeah. I didn't hang out with that guy, so I didn't see that. None of <laughs> none of our friends had BMWs, and none of our friends no. really had cars. In nobody could afford. No, nobody can afford something like that. Hand, hand me down minivans and stuff. Yeah, that's it. But but my first car was an eighties Camaro, and uh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I feel you. My first car was an 89 Chevy S10 pickup truck that was hand-me-down, and then I saved every penny I could to get an E36 uh, BMW, and uh, I've been hooked ever since, but also broke ever since because of the old BMW maintenance, so, yeah. Oh, so that's a real thing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, like, over the years, BMW has kind of redeemed itself, in my eyes, as, like, the M2CS, the best car ever made. You think, and, yeah? Uh, I, you oh, know it's what? Incredible. It is, like... Like the perfect car, yeah. Reasonable, like the perfect reasonable car, because like you know, obviously like a Lamborghini is cooler or whatever. But like, and I think that was the sweet spot. That's where it ended. Because if you look at like mm. more current BMWs, like the iX we drove, it's got like kind of like BMW's kind of done. So let me ask you this. I, in my opinion, <laughs> uh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about the BMW future. Uh, we can talk about that, and I can share some stuff that I know. But um, let let me ask you this: Have you had a chance to drive the One M? Uh, no. Okay, we, so, oh, no, we drove the... Uh, no, no, we drove one M, not an M1. Yeah. The, yes. So the one M is the one series coupe, the smaller body, yes, the limited we, we edition did one. It. Did you see we the review it. on our channel? I did not see that one, actually, but I'm going to look it up because... Because the car uh, You won't find it. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, filmed, we filmed a bunch. It had some mods on it, and ah, okay. then uh, something blew off. Not, a, charge like, pipe, a charge it, pipe blew off, so it wasn't anything uh, serious, but at gotcha. the time, we were like, uh, we're running on six cylinders without a turbo. Uh, the so the car's broken. And it wasn't dialed oh, wow. in. That's why it was like tuned up and not dialed in. Like the car, like I think, did end up like properly good. It's just the time we did it. We did have enough time to film it. 
But I and then the, cl- like, the clutch was slipping too, so we couldn't like launch it. And we're like, how are we going to film this? And then it just totally exploded at the time. So the only reason was I was asking because I do own a 1M. It's it's fairly stuck. And, I, and I've been struggling with, um, you know, if I would sell it and buy the M2CS because I do like the M2CS. I think it's a fantastic car. And like you said, but um, I still haven't pulled the plug, honestly. I feel like the 1M, it's oh, a lot more special. Man. M2CS is better. It is better. 1M is cooler. Correct. Yes, you should probably you, just buy both. <laughs> yeah, um, you you could gain money. The thing long is, true. You could you could enjoy the one M driving it sort of more gingerly because it's a little bit older. But an M two CS you could definitely rip on. I think for sure. So I mean, honestly, um, I don't drive that one M a lot. Just maybe a few hundred miles every year. Um, the M2CS actually, it's funny because when COVID started, um, I went to a few dealerships to film some stuff and they were sitting out there like nobody was buying the M2CS really. I mean, they felt like it was overpriced at 90 grand and now now they just shut up in price, you know, insanely. Yeah. Um, as far as buying one, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a good one to buy, but I feel like they're going to do an even better one. So they have one more round with the uh, M2CS and M2CSL maybe. So I'm holding out for, oh. for something else maybe. Yeah. So. I don't think I don't think so because it's the new but style, the, dude. It's, it, it's it's exactly, like, it's the new look of the the two series. Like it's just not there. Yes. I don't know. But the M2, the M2 will be a little bit different. So you will see. They've, mm-hmm. they've, they've changed enough the front end to look at. I mean, it's still going to be based on that car, but it will be a little bit different. Now, of course, you know, if you like the previous style, I agree that it, that is a beautiful one. Um, I just feel like from a driving perspective, I think the new one will be um, will be really good. And if they do an M2 CSL, which I think they will, because this is kind of their last chance to really build one. It's a, a petrol engine. So I think they will do a very special one, just like they do with the M4 CSL. We'll see. What color is your 1M? Uh, I had to go with the flashy way, so I got the orange one. Yeah, that's, uh, that's we, the we one we drove. Yeah. Amazing still photo. I think I made like a fake thumbnail of it. Yeah. It was, like the perfect reflection, the perfect yeah. lighting, the perfect rolling shot. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I'm actually so sad that I didn't get to make like a proper thumbnail and post it to YouTube <laughs> with that, the that area we had. The area that we filmed it in kind of looked like like a German countryside, which mm-hmm. made it even better. We should just release the footage one day because the car wasn't yeah, busted when we were doing yeah. the, when we filmed the footage. We'll give you guys an exclusive for it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So here's <laughs> the story with that color. So I would have gone for either white or black because I, I just like them. They're so simple and they just work. But when they launched the car, they said that the Valencia orange paint will be exclusive to the 1M. Only that about two years later, I see an X1 rolling down the street wearing the same color. So I'm like, come on. I'm like, can't do this to me, you know? So then I found out that it was not a BMW M exclusive color. It was a BMW AG. So they're still kind of together but separate. So uh, those guys just decided to use the the paint on any other car. So it ended up on X1s and 1 Series and some other cars. So it was a little bit heartbroken because of that because I really wanted their color to just stay special to the 1M. But... I think it is special though because yeah, like, I, I don't yeah. I don't I don't associate it with any other BMW and yeah. really. Yeah. And when, I, yeah. when I think about the 1M, I, I always think the orange one first. Yeah, gotcha. yeah it was the, it was in all the press photos and it was it's mm. the 1M color. And also, how often have has anyone seen a X1 in Valencia orange? Yeah, I've never seen yet. one, so it's it's still a pretty exclusive color. So tell me, what do you like about the M2CS? Like, give me a or you know, tell us more about that one. Nothing oh, weird. Yeah. Not a single the, the, weird thing about it. 
the way it drove and like how easy it was to make it do what you want mm-hmm. um along with what yuri said is like what thing was what's, weird. what's like the if, saying jacob what's our thing if if someone's got a gun to your head they're like i'm gonna shoot your whole family if you can't do a perfect drift in a car pick yeah. your car you always pick that you're like the m2cs, a- M2CS. like i could i could slide that car or do whatever i want with that car without hesitation like mm-hmm. you know Most if obvious. i'm in some yes if i'm in something else on all-wheel drive might be a little bit easier but i would still want to do it in the m2cs because i just i i already know going into the corner how the car is going to react it's it's crazy how they did that yeah it, it is a seriously balanced like communicative predictable car it's it's great because the the competition i found it like we loved the m2 comp mm-hmm. but i found it way too stiff i'm like this is like ridiculous we didn't even drive the manual but um the uh the dual clutch was was fine but mm-hmm. i just i just found that car way too stiff so you'd have to change the suspension on it at least i would if i own that car sure. and then it's still not a special and still doesn't look as cool as an m2 cs mm-hmm. yeah i think they had a they had a shift in uh philosophy uh, a few years back with most of their cars what they did was especially with the m car they decided to uh separate the comfort mode from the sport to be a, to have actually a, a wider gap so that's why on the m2cs you know the comfort mode it's quite comfortable but then if you dial up to the sport plus it's really sporty so uh before they were kind of close together and that was the complaint from what i heard from customers you know in some cars even the three series that it was just really too close and uh it was not fun to be a daily driver basically yeah, that makes sense. But um, yeah, the the CS just got everything right: the damping, the steering, the the power, the looks, like the everything. looks, yeah. You like and the, the looks, and there's even more back seat room in the last gen than there is in the current gen of the twos. Yeah, is it really? I noticed that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was, it was like the M two forty I is tight in the back. Yeah, I think it's because I think yeah. it's the headroom really. The, the roof line really crushes you back there in the in the new one. The M two forty I is tight. But I wonder why though. I mean, the car it's a little bit bigger too well you can see it you can see it in the i don't know we may have done the comparison but um in, in the video w- yeah we showed visually like the difference of the the roof shape mm-hmm. i think that's all it comes down to gotcha yeah mm. Gotta take a look have you that. guys um have you driven the m5 cs yet yeah uh, yeah <laughs> yeah we, we had a we had a disagreement over that car actually oh okay. really and what was it yeah uh well i didn't love it as much as most people love it okay really it is, I, I, it's my favorite I, BMW right now. It's, it's. I thought it was the best I've driven in ages. It's, I found it's, that it it drove great. I have no real complaints about the way it drove, mm-hmm. but the price and the positioning and the features that it's missing and the terrible seats for I guess it's, my body. Some people and really the fact hate that you them, also yeah. have them. Well, yeah, and the fact that you also have them in the back as well. And mm-hmm. this is an M5, right? An M5, like your Grand Tour sports car, do everything car. You don't have adaptive cruise control. Um, you have the, wor- I think, one of the worst seats in the automotive industry. Uh, it's just, you you make a lot of concessions and you pay even more for it. But like, okay, the seats for me, once I got in it, I was good, but getting in and out a lot sucks. Yeah. But it's like the craziest version. It's like, why not make it inconvenient? And it's going to be like a collector's version. I love the power. I love driving it. I love looking at it. The only thing I didn't like the only thing one thing i didn't like was yeah the no adaptive cruise the no 360 camera because it's like just give it to me like i don't care Mm -hmm. about the extra weight like Mm -hmm. i like those little conveniences and the um it didn't have the dash cam built-in dash cam because that's like Mm -hmm. the best feature bmw has that no one else does as well but then um i didn't like that how the headlights how we got tricked 
They were yeah. all yellow from yeah, certain angles. That's a, yeah, that's not great. North American thing. And yeah, it is a North, North American thing, thing. yes. The commercial, the, regulate, the, way, regulatory thing. the way they film it, they always film it on an angle, so mm-hmm. the, the yellow was lit up. They always like had it while it was doing its sequence. They, they tricked us. Not it that is I a North American thing. Matters, <laughs> right, but yeah. like, Oh man, they tricked us good. One of our uh, one of our subscribers actually bought one because he messaged me and sent uh, photos because he, he he loves it. So I mean, yeah. I, I get why people love that car. Sure. Like I, I think Chris Harris even like bought one and stuff. Yeah, but, he did. He did buy one. Yeah, and I nice. totally get why someone would. <laughs> yeah, but it's just I just found it like like I would never want to take that car to the track. Why? If I want a CS, I'm going to get an M2 CS. Mm-hmm. So I just don't see the purpose in it. Yeah. So I drove the car actually for the second time last week. I was doing a. Uh, a trip down from Spartanburg to Amelia Island with Mike Spinelli um, for, from the drive. And we're talking about the car and kind of the same thing. We said, you know, it's a car that's pointless, but BMW built it because they can, not because you actually need the car. Exactly. It's really, it's, it's, a, it's yeah. It's better because it's not yeah. a good idea. That's exactly. Right. That's fair. Yeah. So that's why you have the bucket and, seats. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's yeah. why you have the bucket seats and the crazy power and all this nonsense, you know, and the frozen colors that they're, you know, hard to maintain and everything else is just crazy about a car, but they've done it because they can. That's the only reason. And they kind of show people, yes, we can build some really crazy cars. And I drove it on, on the track and I'm telling you, it is a rocket on the track. It is heavy, but because of the all wheel drive and the power, it is a lot of fun. And even if you're not an amazing driver, you'll, you're going to be a great driver with, uh, with that car. So, um, yeah, like so, we drove the, um, we drove the M5, uh, comp on the track and I loved that car like I, I loved it um, mm-hmm. I found that it drove possibly even better than the E63 like really? it was fantastic mm-hmm. yeah I mean yeah. So wait, what, sorry what, what was that Jacob which one did you like on the track the M5 comp remember the red one in the winter the one with the crazy loud titanium exhaust yeah, yeah that was like I don't know that one didn't that one didn't sit with me like that one that one did nothing to my soul yeah the M5CS was just like everything. I'm like, if there there would be no reason to not get that one. Yeah, I th- I think with the M5CS, I put my uh, my four year old in the back seat in like the crazy bucket rear seats, and he thought it was the coolest car in the world because of that. And like that's just the whole car for me. Like it brings out your inner little kid. Like none of it makes sense, but it's just cool and ridiculous and overly powerful. It's just awesome. I love that thing. Yeah, that's fair. And I think that the biggest mistake we make as car reviewers, journalists, that we always look at the value proposition and pricing. But, you know, of course, the better cars are $450,000, you know, US, but people that buy that car, they have the money to, you know, add it to their collection. It's not like it's, it's their only car and they're struggling to, to make payments, you know. So uh, it's one of those things that if we start thinking about the value proposition or the ROI, we're never going to get in some of those cars, but uh, it's just a ridiculous car, but fast. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I actually like it. I mean, honestly, um, just driving a car, even in California, a lot of people stop me to ask about the car. It's insane. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely glad it exists because if I can drive that over a new iX, I will 100% take the <laughs> yeah, M5 we'll, CS. We'll talk about the iX too because that's that's interesting. <laughs> but but honestly, it, it's really the last M5, either the competition or the CS, that has that particular engine, right? So it's all going to shift towards hybrids now. So people that are into collecting cars, this might be the last chance to really have a pure M5. Next one, it's going to be more powerful, probably you know better to drive, but it's not going to be a pure, uh, you know, V8 like this one. Well, yeah, it's guaranteed hybrid at mm-hmm. this point. So yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, so that's M5 CS. All right, maybe so let's jump into the iX because you guys yeah. keep talking about that one. Uh. Can we make this quick? <laughs> no, not really, because I love electric cars actually, and I've been driving them for quite some time. So I got a, I got some experience there. 
Um, yeah, we can talk about the iX. I also have the i4 right now in my driveway, so okay. we can talk about that after. Sure. But um, yeah. yeah, so the iX, um, I really don't like the way it looks. Like it's okay. just that's fair. Everything about it, there's there's not a single thing that is memorable in a good way to me. Hey, what what was up with those door panels? The side, like yeah, I, not I, a real thing. But it's funny. I never noticed the same. I never noticed that until you guys pointed it out, and uh, it, that's pretty bad. The whole yeah, it's like really every bad. model is that, and it's like not like a thing that should exist. Yeah, that's it's rough actually. So it looks like it was tenderized by a mallet before they they painted it. It was it's rough exactly. And the interior? Do you do you like no, the interior? Cool interior was cool. Of course, um, okay. that was that was very impressive. Um, it, it looks. Uh, I wouldn't impressive. say it's perfect. Yes, it looks impressive, but they got rid of so much functionality, and like. That was the best part. I don't know if you guys saw the, uh, like Jacob said earlier, when we tried different things, it doesn't always land. I tried the daily mm -hmm. driving at M3 video. Mm -hmm. And th that video was overly positive because it was just such a good dialed interior. Everything about BMWs at that point was like spot on, perfect. Sure. So then they get rid of like touch the hard buttons for climate. They get rid of like your one to eight favorites. They get rid of all this cool stuff. They mm -hmm. make the wheel in the iX like it's crystal cool but then like the jog function the up down left and right like you got to admit that doesn't feel as good as yeah. a normal bmw does yeah. and there's just don't forget about the cup holders Yuri. the cup holders are mm -hmm. ridiculous and like i don't know you guys go to dunkin donuts or, or starbucks get a thing we go to our timmy's like yeah. man like for me i know in europe they don't do that but for me like i go for a drive i get a coffee that's kind of my thing maybe mm -hmm. in europe they like smoke a cigarette yeah. and like <laughs> And, roll, and then go for a drive in the mountains. Like, we don't have that. I have mm. coffee and I have, like, highways. But yeah. it's just like, man. So that's that's why I honestly think, like, the best of BMW is, is done. Like, I've been telling Jacob for a while, like, all the best cars have already been built. And mm. now it's just, like, the, the rest. <laughs> yeah, like, they, they made the car more difficult to operate, like, by trying to oversimplify it. So, like, by removing the um, the distance control from your steering wheel. So for your adaptive cruise, you now have to go into the infotainment, which mm -hmm. I guess their remedy was to um, have an adaptive function, but you don't, as a driver, you have no idea what that actually means. Mm -hmm. So what if I'm not comfortable with BMW's definition of adaptive? Like what if I want a three car gap at all times? Mm -hmm. What if I also want a one car gap at all times? Cause we live in Toronto and you've got to not let people in because you're never going to get anywhere. So it's like, mm -hmm. it's, it's just weird. <laughs> Yeah, they've done some. Uh, so, from what I know on that car, they they tried to make it different than anything else, and they really wanted to be like kind of like a flagship and this futuristic car. Uh, did it turn out that way? I'm not sure. It depends how you look at it. I do like the platform, so let me start with that. I love the platform because it's a bespoke platform. It's not something that's based on, on anything else, and I like because he has a lot of space inside. So to me, that's why I like the i3, and people don't like the i3, but I like the i3 because it's a very smart car inside, and I feel like the iX is kind of similar. Versus the i4, it feels familiar like a BMW, but inside it's really still you know kind of cramped, you know, and you can tell it was built on a, a you know. Um, gasoline platform or diesel um, so the ix i absolutely love it inside outside i mean it's one of those things you know it's very subjective so i sometimes like it sometimes i don't if i see it in all black i like it when i see it in white i'm like eh, maybe not um 
Now, as far as the UI UX, yes, they kind of screwed that one up because I, 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 I think they wanted to oversimplify things, like you said, and make it like really minimalistic and kind of follow the trends in the industry. You know, Tesla's doing it and Lucid, you see, and everybody else. And I also feel like they were trying for many years to push um, voice commands quite a bit. So they've spent a lot of time and probably money on improving that, uh, but people still don't use voice commands to, you know, activate anything in the in the iDrive menu. Well, you kind of have so to now. Like you have when to. I've discovered mm -hmm. that, like you, you get to. so frustrated, you actually just mm -hmm. give up and start talking to the car, mm -hmm. and then yeah. sometimes it works. You're yeah. like, ah, yeah, yeah, like the, got the, me. the new Mercedes EQS, I think, has uh, a very bad infotainment compared to the previous mm -hmm. Mercedes. Uh, not what's in the S class, but like the previous, previous one. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's so complex to the point that I just, again, like Yuri said, just got angry and just like hit the thing, hey Mercedes, warm my butthole, and then it turns on my heated seats, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's, it's and, and I think they walked back a little bit, BMW, also with the XM concept or concept XM, so that crazy uh, car that looks also kind of wild. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, huge grill. I, I like all those like, looks. You all see, it's it's awesome. funny how how different we all are. You know, like you yeah. like that car got so much hate, but that's another story. We can talk about that. But let me just go back to my point before I I forget that. So they kind of walk back a little bit on that because now inside they have you know uh, physical buttons for you know uh, programmable. Uh, uh, radio and all of that so they kind of walk back there so they've changed the interior quite a bit you know compared to the ix so i feel like the ix was really just kind of like a one-off because by now uh, they're already working on the next generation of the design which would be probably up in 2025 2026 so who knows what that will look like but i feel like the ix kind of like got its own spot in the lineup and it's kind of like this you know rebel kind of put it that way good or bad i'm not sure but um that's why I don't think much of it, but I would I would enjoy having one. Honestly, I think uh, uh, it's got decent range and space, and that's kind of all I need. Yeah, yeah I, well, I got used to it, and like I could live with it. But like saying that like you could live with like a flagship <laughs> SUV is kind of like that's like. Yeah. But maybe, but I'm I guess I'm different than a lot of people when it comes to the stuff yeah. I like. Like, just give me a simple car, and I'm happy. Well, we're, weren't we at the charging station charging it and someone's like someone recognized us mm -hmm. and then he's like hey what car is this like he couldn't identify sure. it as a bmw yeah, yeah. just sitting yeah. there which that one, yeah. you know over the years you can identify a bmw no problem with a mm -hmm. grill and the headlights but apparently an ix yeah so a so normal like, car person that watches our channel yeah. couldn't identify it it looks so yeah. so so it different I mean, yeah i mean it's completely different and i think Going back once again, like a few years back, I remember people were complaining that old BMWs look look the same now. So they were complaining that a 3 Series looks like a 5, like a 7. So now you change that up. That's not good either. So I don't envy those designers, honestly. And I know most no. of them, I do not envy them because I'm sure it's not an easy job, you know. Yeah. Well, the guy, the guy who designed the car behind you, his name is Jose, right? Jose, yes, yeah. Jose, yeah. Jose. I, I, went, I met him at the Toronto, at the Canadian International Auto Show, and mm. I hung out with him. So I like his designs are good. Like he worked on the two series and stuff. I like yeah. the way they look. I like the designs mm -hmm. and I like how they're different. Like I know a lot of people complain. Remember how many people complained about the big grill on the X7? Yeah. Does that, yeah. does that grill look big at all nope. now? No. Not that anymore. looks like the most normal grill. I said the whole time, like, this is fine. Yeah. Get used to it. And I photoshopped the grill smaller. I'm like, see, it looks stupid. Yeah, exactly. Getting used to it. Like, I don't mind the IX looks. I just don't like the door panels, how they look like they've been dented in. That's it. Gotcha. Yeah, it's interesting. I've definitely spent the least amount of time in the IX from out of all of us. Uh, I, I haven't driven it yet, and I was only in it uh, for a brief, like, brief, brief time. But um, 
I, I can't wait to test it, which I do in a couple of weeks, because I couldn't believe what you showed in that video, how the doors, like the panels, like they just don't look smooth. It's wild. I, have, I didn't see that in person. And I didn't see I it either. Really, yeah. I really need to look at that now because that's bad. Um, I remember hearing a while back that something like Mercedes takes so seriously, like they need to make sure that like a streak of light is perfectly like pin straight across every single body panel. Um, that's something like a lot of designers take seriously. So when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's really bad. So I'm, I'm curious to see that. And um, But you won't be able to see it unless someone else is driving the car because I didn't yes. get my – I didn't notice it until Jacob was driving. I'm like, no. <laughs> I didn't see it either. So, yeah, it's so, interesting. So it's like you have to see it in motion. Like there's like light have to be moving yeah. across. Yes. Like to yeah, like across the thing or else like st – You static, can't – you but can notice just, it when it's so static, but when it's just driving. Exactly. Like a nice, <laughs> yeah. after a nice clean car wash, perfect reflections. Cause like our thumbnails, I pride myself on, we get the perfect reflections. So we have the perfect looking thumbnail. Sure. That's like, like Jacob will tell you when we film, we might attack on an extra 30 minutes, just fighting with the yeah. sun, fighting with the roads, parking until we're, the cloud leaves. Half, half the time we're sitting at the side or just like this, staring at the clouds, like, okay, yeah. when's that one going to move? <laughs> we're staring at the sun like a bunch of goofballs. Like, yeah. It works. Yeah. Or you could just do Photoshop, you know? Well, there, there's well, a lot of Photoshop added to it because if you look at our thumbnail, I'm going to give you a little secret here. Yeah. The front is lit up and the side is lit up, which is not a real thing in real yeah, life exactly. on most right. of our thumbnails. So I composite both angles together. Mm -hmm. So that's my little uh, my little touch well, that I add to it. Secrets. Yeah. So how's the driving experience? Because you guys uh, drive a lot good. more cars than we do. So I'm kind of curious to see if you drove something comparable to that as far as an electric car. They're all uh, the same. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I would say that boring. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're like you said. It's like they're all the same. Like they they're fat. You floor it. Instant response. Mm -hmm. They all kind of feel like very similar response. Mm -hmm. um, but the one thing I think at this point in time that differentiates most electric cars from electric cars is the suspension because I think a lot of them get it wrong. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the weight. Maybe it's where the batteries are, where the weight is. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these EVs tend to do like this porpoising thing that the new F1 cars are doing. So mm -hmm. what happens is like the, the dampers just can't keep up. It's either uh, I think it's like under damped. So you get a lot of uh, like spring back. And so the iX doesn't do that. It drives uh, like a normal BMW, which is great. That's like a big compliment. Um, mm -hmm. This i4 that I have drives like a normal BMW, a oh, very nice. fast one. It's actually quite nice to drive. Mm -hmm. um, where like like a Mach E, uh, I find that they screwed that up because that one just bounces to no end. Uh, the EQS even did that a little bit, but then the Mach E GT, which has the Magnaride dampers that one doesn't do that so like there's solutions to this and then oddly enough the i4 has uh rear air suspension not front so i i have a feeling that has something to do with the weight and that's how they had to solve it because the ix doesn't have air suspension so it's interesting what they're doing and then i really like the brake pedal on the ix because they're getting out of the eqs the brake pedal like moves on its own and does weird stuff and car companies usually butcher like the regenerative brake pedal and they just did such a great job with that you can like do full one pedal driving you can mm -hmm. adjust it so yeah. that part i was like more than happy with yeah no i agree so uh, on the air suspension i think jacob i think they offered that as an option on the ix if i remember correctly i think, okay. I think oh no there sorry is, our, yeah sorry i think you're right our, yeah i think there is an option for yeah you're right the i4, yeah um, the i4 doesn't have anything it's only in the rear in, that, in, in the, the rear standard. correct mm -hmm, correct yeah, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right about the um, uh, brake region. They've done a really good job. They actually took that system from the iX3. So they had some experience with that car a little bit before this one came out. But uh, I agree, it's a, it's a really well done system. I enjoyed all the modes, honestly. I mean, I'm so used to the one pedal feel from the i3, so I use that quite a bit. Uh, but I also like the adaptive mode. It's doing a really good job on its own. So I think they definitely nailed that. So it, it's got some good, some, some good parts. I feel like the range might have been a, could have been a little bit better. Especially if you live in you know cold areas. I'm in Chicago, you know, uh, Nico is in New Jersey, so we get some really cold weather. So I feel like that, you know, whatever EPA rating that we have, 300 miles, might be really 260, maybe 250 in wintertime. So um, that's yeah. the only thing. We basically cut off like 100 kilometers in the winter, basically, yeah, exactly. like of actual range, because it might indicate something close to that, exactly, but yeah. it's going to be a lot less. Yeah, so. Oh, but their their gauge cluster, their new gauge cluster was awesome you compared like to their old stuff. Yeah. Oh, I think they did a great job. They simplified that. And uh, yeah, I had that because I don't want to just say bad things about their car. Like they do do a lot of cool stuff, Yeah. but that was cool. But then like Jacob hates the no frunk thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I just feel like problem. if, if you're gonna do a complete, mm -hmm. you know, clean sheet design and then there's no frunk, it's like, come on, man. <laughs> it seems to be a German thing too, because uh, like a lot of the German electric cars don't have frunks. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of odd. Like Audi e-tron GT, Porsche. Does Porsche Taycan have a frunk? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, yes, should. yes. Yeah, uh, I feel like every, every Porsche has a frunk. <laughs> I believe oh, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I asked. Yeah. There's a lot that don't. It's weird. I asked the engineers actually about that when I was in Germany. Um, honestly, I don't, I don't think they see the U.S. market as we do, and people caring about the franc. Their initial response was like, "Why do you need a franc when you have so much cargo space?" And then they started to show me, you know, you can lift up, you know, the 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 floor there, and you can have more space. So they don't, they didn't see the purpose of really re-engineering the car to have the the franc really. And my pushback was. Well, you know, some people do it in the U.S. because of safety reasons, so they kind of, you know, hide more things there, um, but they just didn't see it. And then they opened it up, and so I took a look underneath. Clearly, in that packaging, there was no room to put a frunk, so they have to redesign some things and move, you know, parts around. But in that particular configuration, there was no way to fit it. So, I, I wonder why they can't fit it in a clean sheet design, though. Like, I do get the frustration sure. with it. People are like, why is, it, why is there no frunk? If it's a clean sheet chassis bespoke electric chassis chassis it should have they should carve out space there from the beginning and that does bother me i will admit that. it's always money and compromises because the i3 is kind of the same thing they've done a good job with the front but uh it was not weather sealed so whatever you put in there it just wasn't good so i'm like what's the point all right just for quick trips but i can find in there right now anything from dust to leaves to i mean water so it's not a it's not a good solution either it's there but not usable really all right speaking of I, I, speaking of engineers yeah did you guys see our video where we pour water in the usb uh in the usb thing i did no, not see the three that series. one no, no i yeah, didn't see we that know one. the three series launch we're okay. in the three series launch in portugal portugal like, yeah i was there too have why do you guys have the cup holder mm -hmm. and like the usb right there and they're like yeah. oh it's water resistant and we're like so i could pour water and the guy's like yeah we poured water in our video it was like everyone was like you guys are crazy and then like three years later that whole like like airbags are going off or something because people smell coffee in their uh USBs. It, i thought it, that was funny did it mess up when you poured water no no it, no, it, it worked it's, it's it worked, totally it worked fine. like he said but really? there was a recall recently on what x7s really? or, or i forget what it was but something with the, that exact cup holder set up wow. really? i didn't know that either yeah i was in yeah, portugal wow. too i didn't try the water thing <laughs> well we wouldn't have tried it if we didn't ask and then you know how our gimmick is the sliding visor mm -hmm. right yeah yeah 
Yeah, it's one of So they're like, in Europe, the roads are always curved. Like, this is like talking to the engineers once. He's like, the roads are always curved, so there's no need for sliding visors because you'll turn. Hmm. But in America, where you go like along in a straight line, hmm. it is a real thing because, like, I remember yeah. driving on those Portuguese roads and it was mm-hmm. like, yeah, you just constantly yeah. turning. The sun's just exactly. moving. There's no point in even yeah. lifting your hand. Yeah. Yeah. I do wonder actually. You know, if car companies really think global, right? Or how do they think about products? Because clearly they can cover all the quirks in every single market. So I sometimes wonder how they decide which feature, you know, goes in, which feature stays off. And so I'm uh, very curious to money. find out. I mean, money. Yeah. Money. Yeah. Well, because yeah. we, we course, found yeah. some funny examples of uh, the driver's side passing, but then the, uh, uh, pa- sorry, the driver's side passing, the passenger side failing. So like... Uh, Volkswagens, I think, uh, I think certain Hyundai Veloster, certain ones. So like, there's cost cutting. So they're like, they're doing it. Fine, the driver should have one, and the passenger doesn't need one. Yeah, it's <laughs> fair enough, I guess. <laughs> I guess it all starts with a set of requirements, and then they start looking at money and you know how much that's going to cost, and do you really need it? What's the rate take, and so on and so forth. Well, so it's so the engineers want everything, right? And then the the cost cutting guys come in and say no. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, it was funny because I actually listened to uh, the Smoking Tires podcast, and mm. uh, he had some guys on there. I forget exactly who it was. Very recent one, sorry, um, but they were one of, one of them. One of the guys used to be an engineer, and I found mm. out that apparently engineers basically build in um, things that they're going to remove later because the uh, accounting department over the years of the the model. So let's say it comes out in 2013, and it's done by 2016 by the time it gets to 2016 they're supposed to uh, cut x amount of costs mm-hmm. so apparently they build in things that they know they're going to cut later which is very interesting that's interesting like extra stuff so that like they cut out they don't cut out what they want to keep in yeah so ideally it's stuff that you don't even like the consumer doesn't see or notice so it's like it could be like the texture or material of something that you don't even like the back of a panel or something right. that's probably how we got to the uh, volume knobs that uh, don't stay centered when you spin them. Some of them don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. I think someone told us it's like, oh, we have to re-engineer for crash test safety ratings. By yeah, someone told us like, that. Like, get out of here! You just <laughs> want to save a buck. I was probably Volkswagen who told us that. Yeah. Probably, I think it yeah. was actually. All right, so um, i4 versus ix. So, did you both drive the car, or just you, Jacob? Uh, so so far, I've just driven it. Yuri's going to drive it tomorrow. But um, my initial first impressions, like I just drove it today. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried to pop pop the front. I don't know yeah. what happens. I'm assuming I can't open it. Nope. Uh, <laughs> but um, it it drives great. Like it's it's a rocket. Like it's ridiculously fast. Um, it was very snowy and slushy today, but I was also able to turn off the traction with its own button, unlike in the iX where it's tied to the sport mode. The sport mode. Yeah. Uh, in this one it's not tied to it which mm. is also very interesting um you have the same screen you have all the same looking things but the way that all functions because it's the older i guess um control center, yeah, hand center mm-hmm. everything just looks and feels a little bit different which i prefer this like this is this is amazing because i got in and i was at home right away other than the infotainment being slightly different but mm-hmm. um the, the way that it drives like the suspension is great you don't notice anything being different you're just sitting there in a nice, very quiet, insulated, quick BMW. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to test that. Yeah, I guess they wanted to make it more of a normal BMW that one, so that's why they um. How how much does it cost? Uh, that's a good question. Ooh, it's uh, like M50, it's eight, like eighty something. Ours is Canadians. Canadians. In U.S., it's, Canadian. it's under seventy yeah. in the U.S. It's like it's cheaper than know. an M3. Comp- it's cheaper than an M3. Oh, so I think it is. Yeah. 
Can you buy a used i8 for that price? Yes, you can. Uh, this, is, buy, uh, I, I would, eight, this is 87,000 Canadian. Ours is spec'd out too. 65,000. I'd, I'd pick a used i8 instead of either. I would, my, I would do too, honestly. I would do yeah. too. Yeah. It's a cool car. I I the the coolest car. It is, yeah. but. Roads are still too expensive though. Yes. Is it, is it still pricey? Yeah. yeah. I check my i8 prices in a while. It's pretty expensive here too. But here's know. the thing with that car. It was expensive when it came out too. I think the Roadster was even like 140000 And yeah. good looking car like on the outside. But the interior did not blow me away. Like the interior was like, mm. But that's the perfect BMW the interior. The doors go up. And, and, yes. and it has exposed yeah, carbon fiber. And now everything yes. can have climate control buttons and shortcuts. Yes. They, they got it right. All the best cars have already been built. The i8 is the perfect electric BMW. I, I, yeah, I do I, remember that the gauge screen looked very bad. Oh like yeah, the, the yeah, bezels really were cheap, like eight yeah. inches thick. I was like, "What is yeah, this?" Yeah, it looked really you cheap. Take, take that back, Jacob. Yeah, no, I take it back. It it's is better crazy, than the iX. The, the i8 came out in what 2014? Was it 2014? No, it came out it, before so. that because I mean they they had like multiple concepts. So really, well, the, not the not the concept, like the actual road car. Like I I know, but before the road car, they had like two concepts that were like almost identical to the road car, and then they kept right. Spawning yeah. the car, I don't know why, but li like literally, the car was first shown in twenty in two thousand nine, and then they had like the a impossible movie. Yeah, they had like a ten car, like an eleven car, and then they finally came out in thirteen, I think, or something like oh, that. Thirteen, yeah. but that car still today looks more futuristic than almost every single sure. electric car on the road. It's incredible design. So I, I'm actually now that you mentioned that, I'm with you. Used i8, I would take the used i8 instead. Used i8, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah I just wish they did a four-cylinder in it. Actually, Alpina did. We did a story on it. So Alpina yeah. wanted to launch their own it's i8. Wasn't it, it a three-cylinder? Yeah, so it's a three-cylinder so in the BMW yeah. one, but Alpina put in a four-cylinder, and they were going to launch oh. it. And I guess, I guess BMW kind of said no, and they, they, <sighs> yeah, they didn't do it. Um, but yeah. that would have been cool because that would have been a lot more power, and uh, that would have been a lot of fun. I think I've even uh, seen a V8 swapped one. <laughs> I, I saw that one too. Cool. Yeah, but the balance yeah. got to be off on that car. There is no way. It doesn't matter though. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've I mean, even I seen like mods to mod the speaker in the exhaust to make it sound like something else. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. That's funny. I got a question for all of you. Um, sure. Do you like the newer M4 or the last gen M4 more? Uh, last Looks gen for drive. me. Both. Oh, both. Okay. Overall, anything. Because for me, yeah. the last one was like so much cooler. Like that was like I didn't. I, that was like right when we started reviewing cars, right mm -hmm. before. And I remember not knowing much, and I just remember seeing that four series, and I'm like in gold. I was like, that's the coolest BMW I've ever seen. And I don't know anything about BMWs. And then mm -hmm. when we drove that one, it had the gnarliest exhaust. Sounded so perfect. Mm -hmm. Like the new one's good, but man, those old ones. <laughs> so I, the old one, the older the. Um, the older Bob Leston model definitely looks much better. I mean, it's a great looking car. It still looks great. And the new one, uh, I've been very vocal about my distaste for the grill. But uh, I think the new one drives better. I think the new one is an incredible driving car. And I've said it since I've, since I've driven it. Uh, I, if I could afford it, I'd buy one, even if I hate the way it looks. I think it's incredible to drive, actually. And I, I didn't love the last one to drive, but I will agree that it looks much better. Last one and would you better. would you take the but you look you take the newer exhaust over the older exhaust combined with the drive because like that older exhaust yeah. was like that was insane. Uh, well, yeah, if you got the comp model for exactly. the older one, it had the had the better exhaust, which was louder and cooler. But I think the new engine is just better. The S fifty eight is just a better engine, um, so I would take that. 
I would definitely take the new one to, to own and live with. I think it's better in, to drive. In, in green? I don't know. Maybe yeah. green. I like the green, yeah. But I don't know. I, I don't know. There's a lot of good colors. So here's my take on but it. It doesn't matter because yeah. the grill's awful anyway. So it's <laughs> the color. Yes. So the previous generation, the one that came out initially, uh, I was not a fan, actually. The drive was nothing spectacular to be honest um and i even said in my review that they should have just skipped straight to the competition basically i mean the the base model was not that much fun so the competition was a lot better and then when they came out with the m3 cs and m4 cs now those are really good it might seem like a really small upgrade over the competition but it, it feels like a totally different car so if i were to buy one today i would buy the m3 cs or the m4 cs previous generation because of that now as far as the driving clearly the new one like nico said a lot better as far as driving and all of that um the exhaust same thing if you look at the cs models from the previous ones they sound really good now versus the new one sounds good too just different i feel like they try to uh, emulate um, the m40i models like the x3 m40i and all those where, they, where you get those burbles and stuff like that so they were trying to emulate that so it was probably just a choice but um as far as the engine yeah the s58 i think it's a it's a better engine than the previous one which it should be because it's a newer car right um, but I can tell you this, I think you, you will like the M4 CSL. I think you might like that car because they fix some things out like up front and, um, it is pretty cool actually. So, um, stay tuned in May. <laughs> so, uh, so funny enough. So again, this gave me an opportunity to look through our back catalog. You guys know that the fifth BMW that we reviewed was the 2018 M3 CS. Oh, really? Okay. So, yeah, so our, our benchmark started pretty high. So tell me about that one. That The thing about that one was we reviewed the GT2 RS right before that. Oh, that's not fair. Yeah. Remember, yeah, I got into the no, M3, it's not. I got into the M3 CS. I'm like, why is this car so slow? Yeah, like, I, mean, I had I to tell Yuri. I'm like, Yuri, give this another day. Yeah me like three days to realize the car was fast i'm like this is like the slowest car i've ever driven like, like that's how fast the gt2 rs yeah. was that, that car is insane yeah yeah um but the m3 cs was fantastic uh, i love that i think the, the exhaust sounded so much better than the regular one uh the car ripped really hard like that thing drove great the one thing i didn't like was the transmission i had those problems with like lurching from a stoplight if mm -hmm. you have it in sport plus or whatever yeah, gotcha. i know people had that mm -hmm. people DCT, yeah. commented that i didn't know how to drive a dct um but yeah no that that car was was really good and it looked fantastic and i i actually see there's one or two around town in that same gray color that we reviewed and i i stare at it every time it's lowered i'm like this thing looks amazing and, fu and fun fact that was our first video with our iconic thumbnail of rolling shot with the logo above oh yeah that was oh, that, yeah. that one that it's one is the that because before we were doing straight pipes mm -hmm. above yep. it but the straight pipes logo is a little bit too tall mm -hmm. so it makes the car a little small sure. so this way we could do the logo wider and i remember doing that and i'm like okay we were still messing around with thumbnails at that mm -hmm. point but that was the first one stayed unchanged and now we've got like after that it was like all right we got the perfect rhythm so that one's that one's got like a nice place in my heart yeah right. that's the that was uh june june 2018 wow okay wow. that's yeah, crazy now, I, I want to amend my previous answer though because i've never driven the f80 m3 cs i've never or m4 cs so i maybe i would choose that one instead but i've never driven it so what was our our m4 was that just like a or an m4 or was that a competition 
I don't remember, but the one that I'm looking at here is the Cabriolet, and yeah. we disagreed on that one. And I love that Cabriolet. Cabriolets love, are ugly. Wait, I, I ugly. love the, the hardtop. The, the hard newest top. one or the oh the hardtop one. The last gen. Last gen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just I didn't look good with the top up. I, I love the way it looks with the top up. I love the way it looks with the top down. Uh, I think that would be the M4 that I would actually pick. Really? If, if I couldn't, if I couldn't get the CS, yeah. that would be the one. Like, cool. I wouldn't be taking this car to the track, so I wouldn't really care. I just love how that looks. It's it's funny. Last I drove one of those it, with the top down, it had the worst scuttle shake of any convertible I've ever driven. Admittedly, mine had like M performance suspension, and it was all like had like these crazy parts on it. But I mean, over a pothole, I feel like the whole thing was gonna fall apart. I don't know if maybe mine was messed up or something, but that was the worst scuttle shake I've ever experienced in the car. It was wild. Oh, that's funny. I just, I, I maybe it was just I fell in love with our spec because it was like this perfect bright blue with like a white interior. I'm like, this is so nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a convertible fan, but I would pick the M3 sports wagon, the touring one, if they would have brought it to the US. That's the car that I would have bought before the M2CS, honestly. That would have been at okay, the top okay. of my list. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not coming, but um, I, I've yeah. heard today from someone that filmed the car that it's pretty amazing, too. So, yeah, I mean, too bad. M3 touring, it's perfect. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys posted the, the back end of it got released today or whatever, right? Yeah, I got it released yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is no, there are no secrets there. I don't even know why they're teasing the car because we already know what it's going to look like. So, yeah, it's going to look like a three series touring exactly. M3. Like, it's exactly it's pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty typical. <laughs> Another cool car that we're not going to get. So aside from BMW, yeah. what other cars you've driven that really impressed you in the last, maybe let's say last two years? So we, you have a... Hellcats. Really? Hellcats okay. are cool. I just can't get, yeah, I can't get enough of that. Yeah. That's just yeah. like, how does this exist and how is this legal? The, the fact that they've maintained that platform for this long and just like, mm. let's make it wide body and we can drag it on for another five years. Like, yeah, I, that's, I'm not mad. Is that the oldest platform on sale right now? I mean, it's, it's really old. I wouldn't doubt it. It's based on an old Mercedes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like the, an E-Class or something. Yeah, it's like three generations of E-Class ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that those cars are fantastic. I don't, I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> well, 700 horsepower hides a lot, right? Well, yeah. now 800 in like the red oh, eye. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. So like, oh yeah. yeah, just another 100, like a couple uh, horsepower shy of a demon. Like, no problem. You can daily this. Crazy. That's ridiculous. The new, the new yeah. Civic. The new that was Civic. like, yes. oh, for, for a budget car... That is like really, really the cool. SI or any any of them, any, just any yeah. of them. You just need yeah. a new car, and you're not getting a Civic. Like you're missing out on a lot of good features. Yeah, I've I've been wanting to drive that. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Did you guys drive yeah. Supras? Supra, uh, Supra. Oh yeah, yeah. we're on BMW blog, so obviously. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the BMW Supra. Right. Yeah. It's such a BMW. It is. It keeps telling us it's not, and I'm like, I I understand that you work for the company, and you're supposed to be saying what you're supposed to say, but like, it's a BMW with buffeting. Like you roll the windows down, your yeah, ears hurt. Yeah. But it's cool. The, chimes, like, the door chimes are BMW. Great. The, the infotainment's great, BMW. Everything is BMW. Plus, there was I like how they reskinned it. Yeah. yeah. And it's a it's a very cool BMW. And in yellow, awesome. Like, I, I love it. Like, when the, I think the manual stuff got leaked, that they're going to have one. Yeah. And then I would still go uh, 400Z or whatever over that. Like, no question. Yeah. But And without, yeah, no, without so. spoiling anything, we're going to have another Supra on the channel soon, which I think hopefully maybe you guys will repost the video. Nice, yeah, nice. Sure. Take a look, yeah. <laughs> I think the Supra with the manual will be a lot of fun because the Z4 doesn't have it. So 
I feel yeah, like apparently it's coming. Yeah, that's all. That, is, that's yeah. that's the rumor. Uh, yeah, super with manual. Yeah, but which transmission is it going to get? It's going to be a BMW. It's going to be the, it's gonna be the M3. The one that's what I'm worried about. Yeah, probably. Have, yeah. Have you guys driven the new M3 manual? Yes. Yeah, it's not. It's not wonderful. The manual. No, it's not. It's really the I, same I old manual. Not manual. It's just it, fine. Yeah, though. I'm happy. It's just Me too. It's very rubbery, and yeah. then the clutch engagement is, is yeah. all weird. Uh, yeah, it freaked me out the first time I drove it. The clutch engagement, like, really, it, I it was like a little lurchy for me. It was like this. It was very springy, and it was, I kept like yes. uh, like lurching. And I was like, oh, man, it took me a little while to get used to it. But 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 um, that was when we discovered that a manual BMW has unlimited launch controls with zero cooldown, but a mm-hmm, uh, automatic BMW. You know how if you do a launch control, mm-hmm. you have to go like, what, how do you, how far do you usually drive between the launch controls working like? Maybe like half a kilometer, and then it'll let you reset yeah. it. No, Jacob knows because we I haven't done it back to back. We have to yeah, film it's, launches it, for yeah. the camera, so it's like, oh, it's not working. It's not working. Go up the street, come back down. Let's film it again. All right, it's cooled down. It's cooled oh. down, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that manual transmission they haven't really updated that transmission in a very long time, and the only reason why it, it still exists is because of the U.S. market. They would they would have killed it a very long time ago. Really, so we're happy. We're grateful. Yeah, me we're too. Grateful. Yes, honestly, yeah, I, mean, of course, I hope they will keep it. I, I, I don't think they will keep well, it for the next generation. <laughs> the M2 had such a great manual transmission. It's like, come on, you guys know how to do this. Yeah, it definitely was different in the gas and stuff. Like yeah, that. but that one had the quirky stuff in the M2 competition where you couldn't turn off the um, the auto blip, right? Oh, yeah, unless you turn traction all the yeah, way. Yeah, so that, that was that yeah. yeah. Did the M2 yeah, yeah, have a, a fix for that? No, they just came up with the no. M2CS. <laughs> <laughs> I thought like the MTCS had a fix that it wouldn't know. auto. Maybe it, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, think so. I, I don't know. I feel like it's an M3. We should know. Actually. <laughs> I don't know. Like when they came out with the M3, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, yes. they changed that. But yeah. yeah, that's like down. That's like flat out dangerous. Like if you want to have, if you want to blip yourself, you have no stability control in a very, very tail happy, very powerful car. Um, it was yeah, a little controllable sketchy, car. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of funny. <laughs> you think about it, you're like, hey, you can have it. Like, it it's yeah. a very uh, it's a very yeah. Italian thing to do for a German company. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. It's funny. It's like um, like Alfa Romeo would do something like that, where the drive mode is tied to the traction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We actually drove quite a few of those. What else I wanted um, to ask you? There was something else on my plate, for, and now I for forget. For you guys, if, if you'd be down, um, I was course. wondering, is there anything about BMWs that you learned from watching our videos that you didn't know about before we reviewed them? Uh, well, definitely yeah, the cool. IX is dented side <laughs> body panels. That's the that's the first thing that comes to mind. I still can't get over that. I'm kind of blown away. But uh, nothing comes off the top of my head, actually, except for that. That was uh, just – I have the memory of a goldfish, though. So Yeah, same, but I'm just curious. I mean, honestly, they're, they're, they're always, I mean, nothing comes to my head right now, but they are always things that I feel like I'm learning from anyone that reviews cars. And I'll give you like one example, like you mentioned the IX and that you put up, but I also saw the uh, Doug DeMora video two weeks ago with the IX or whatever that was. And I had no idea. And even though I've been in the IX quite a few times now, I had no idea there was a um, door opener inside, uh, you know, on the bottom, basically. So in case the electronics go bad, I had no idea that it was there, honestly. Honestly, I did not see it. And I've spent so much time with the car. So I'm like, how did I, how did I miss that one? Yeah. So um, a lot of actually, yeah. I want to say a lot of um, like user interface stuff. I do learn from you guys because I don't, I, I'm typical, I'm like old school car guy. I don't really play with the 
infotainment as much as I should. I should show people more. I don't. Um, but so when I like, especially with the IX, you guys showed a ton of how, like, you know, you really dug into how it works and, and the confusing menus. And it was stuff that I didn't know. Um, and it's a lot of stuff like that because I don't really dig too far into it. So it was kind of shocking to see how many sub menus you have to go through to get to like even the simplest of tasks in the IX. That was pretty uh, high opening. So to me, the iDrive A now looks simple because I've used the prototype also before it even came out. I got like a few demos. So before even the car launch, I think I saw the first one like over 18 months ago. So to me, by the time the car comes out, I'm like, yeah, I'm used to it by now. So it doesn't really, but I can see why people are, are you know, put off a little bit by the um, iDrive A versus I, I like I, uh, the previous one, 7, because it just it's a lot more complex and it takes a lot more time to get used to it. So. Well, seven was like perfect. I would say, yeah. <laughs> like that's like the best yeah. BMW infotainment. Yeah, yeah. I don't know like almost the best infotainment in the industry. If it had uh, yeah. XM tune mix. <laughs> yeah. But the rewinding. I bet you guys learned the rewinding from me. <laughs> I, di I didn't see that one. No, which which one was no. was the feature? How you can rewind satellite radio by setting up uh, as a I, smart favorite by holding option. I did not know that. No, no the jump back. I'm oh. gonna have to go and dig through your you catalog see, so. of videos and go find that. I don't even know which video I would I would have put that in, but yeah, you can rewind satellite radios and BMWs, and, and that's great. So how much time do you guys spend on on like a single video review? And now I'm curious because you really have time to go into all of the details. <laughs> uh half a day answer that we, we've yeah. we filmed two cars in one day but gotcha. we sometimes yeah but we obsess about like we drive the but cars then a lot we, we at a time yeah and we don't film all of it in one day we might film portions sure. of two cars in one day and then portions alone another day or whatever yeah. uh so it might take us like two days or a, or a day and a half or something like that and we're like gotcha. 500 car reviews in so like you give me like an updated car mm-hmm I can I can figure that out very quickly. The changes was different, like mm -hmm. what throws me off and what I can see as being weird. But then like the IX, whole new generation, the EQS, a whole new car, mm -hmm. that was like, okay, we're going to put out like a 25-minute video. It's going to mm -hmm. be extra long, but like you, we need to put down those big videos at the beginning. So like even for like the Ionic 5, big video, EV6, quick video. Gotcha. It's the same car. Gotcha. Yeah. And would you say Tesla, it's your main topic as far as bringing traffic in or the main brand? <laughs> I've been doing, yeah, I've been doing the clickbait. Yuri, Yuri's been doing the rest in peace look, Tesla look. just because it, it kind of became a joke. Okay. It's like a clickbait joke because like the flashiest cars at all times mm -hmm. and we can't hit embargoes because we live in Canada and they just can't get us the cars quick enough. Mm -hmm. So like we're, we're like... YouTube, like we take it, our job seriously, but like mm -hmm. we also have fun with it. So like rest in peace, Tesla, mm -hmm. everything. Like it's it's just like a funny joke. And people will get like worked up, but mm -hmm. like we're just like we're just trying to have fun at work too. Mm -hmm. Like, like yeah, I like think Tesla people yeah. get Tesla people oh, get yeah. the most worked up, which yes, we do. also like to have fun with. Sure. We have nothing against Teslas. We actually recommend them over a lot of regular cars <laughs> that we don't even uh, enjoy as much, and we haven't even driven much of the new Teslas. But it's just it's just funny. Yeah, yeah, we're trying we're trying to have fun with it, but like sarcasm is like hard to convey over the internet. It is tough, yeah. And yeah. Like we like to um like with the whole like, you know, we have to do clickbaity stuff sometimes once in a while. Mm -hmm. Like we've got a joke that we are the uh the most viewed 
car review channel in the world who has reviewed a Chevy Traverse. Because <laughs> if you find me, find me a YouTube channel that's reviewed a Chevy Traverse yeah. with more subscribers and views than us, and I'll give Doug up that title. <laughs> Doug, no, yeah, we no. looked. Doug has not done a Traverse. <laughs> has Doug not. hasn't done a Traverse. Okay. If, no, if Doug no. hasn't done one, and we've done one, then you know we're out there for the consumers just putting out <laughs> yeah. what those few people want to see. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, there's very few Chevy Traverse. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. We did that review for uh, all the car rental companies just so they know what they're going to buy for their fleet. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just the different rental car companies just kind of going through the different YouTubers of Chevy Traverse. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But, the, uh, but that, oh, should I get the base model? <laughs> and I, what, that, that video is probably going to like die at 200,000 views, which is like hmm. not good oh, for us. Oh, we'd be lucky to get there. That's pretty but good for a Chevy Traverse review. Because of our channel has been around so long. Yeah. But then like look at our Alpina versus Maybach video. That's like, like 7 million, 6 wow. million with like the most amount of views. So like, you know, if, yeah. if we never reviewed Traverses and we just looked at Alpinas and Maybachs, then mm -hmm. yeah, we'd. Yeah, exactly. the, Traverse. the Traverse is a good car to, to center yourself in, to ground yourself, exactly. to realize ground where yourself, cars came from. Humble yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Now, a question yeah. from creators to creators. Do you, so I started the channel, I don't know, 2009. So there was not even YouTube back then, but I never really put the time into it. I, we focused on the web and social media really, because I always felt like on YouTube, you need to have Top Gear uh, production quality, and that kind of put me out for a while. So that brings me to my question: Do you guys feel like creators today need to have super high quality, or just kind of have their own voice and just kind of find their own angle when they produce, you know, uh, videos? I think you gotta you find your own have, angle. Okay. Yeah, I think you either need to have content or production quality, or both, or okay. you could be so unique in one direction that you have one of those things. Yeah, like I know like Doug usually says, you know, I have low production value and, yeah. I, and I pride myself on that. I don't think that you can't replicate that anymore. Like yeah. that's his shtick. Mm -hmm. He started with that. He's able to run that sure. format just like we're able to run our format. Like, yeah, if, if you came into YouTube now, like you got to come in hot. Mm -hmm. And even then your subscribers won't grow quickly because now the algorithm exactly. feeds your channel to people who watch you no matter what. So there's mm -hmm. no incentive to subscribe. Mm -hmm. Which is what we're blaming for, like if we're plateauing a bit, that's what we're we're blaming. We're blaming the algorithm. We understand mm -hmm. that other, other channels are still doing well and getting a lot of subscribers, but for us, it's the Chevy Traverse and the plateau. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and it's the the short form content we're not doing, and maybe other channels aren't doing as well, but we're also blaming the short form content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. It's, it's, it's hard. It's like, I don't know if someone came in now, like who's yeah, like, like, we we. Sorry, like we know what we need to do if we want it to grow faster, mm -hmm. but Yuri and I both have uh, a, a one-year-old or under one-year-old, so mm -hmm. it's like we've been focusing on our family, sure. and like obviously COVID happened, so like the last like two years have been very uh, uh, different for both of us, so we're mm -hmm. just kind of working through it. Now, if we wanted to continue at the growth rate that we had two years ago, we would have to basically at this point fly across Everyone. the world all the mm -hmm. time to get yeah. to every new launch because we do get invited yeah. but we just decline them all yeah. um so it's that kind of stuff and then like the clickbaity comparisons and like the the drag races like we just never followed those trends which you know for better or worse may have hurt us but we just didn't want to do it at the time. yeah but those are like that stuff's a lot of work like drag like it drag is. races is like i don't 
envy the amount of stuff because every time we've used somebody's private car, mm-hmm. something goes wrong, and it's, <laughs> and that to organize that and insurance, and you're going fast and it's risky. I like that's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I think right now for us, just like supporting our wives and hanging out with the kids and like reviewing Chevy Traverses and like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah we, exactly. like, we reviewed the IX later than like people in the states, but because of that, I got to like watch the Doug Demuro video before I reviewed mine. So it was like you know, it was fun, relaxing. Like I think yeah. we're in a nice groove and mm-hmm. and we're happy. And we're just glad nice. that we're not starting a YouTube today. Glad we did yeah. it five years ago. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's also cool to like uh, other channels, like not car review channels, but like um like the Hoonigans take drag racing because they you know everyone sees drag racing on youtube but they took that and made this versus that so they mm-hmm. made like a totally different take on drag racing which is which is really cool mm-hmm. so there's ways yeah. to do things even for existing channels that like okay this is working how can we do this differently yeah and then like accelerate tv like they're doing so much high quality filming and like mm-hmm. really good color grading and editing and stuff and they're a local local channel too like i guess like canadians are just mm-hmm. like really good at car reviews if you're in southern <laughs> ontario <laughs> Well, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. And, like, they Throttle House is, like, killing it with their drag races mm-hmm. and, like, their reviews. They went to California, and they're, like, almost at 2 million subscribers. Wow. So, like, yeah, Southern Ontario is just, like, a nice little hot spot for of, of good car reviews. Mm-hmm. We just can't get the cars on time. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you just you have to travel. <laughs> we're having fun with it. We're, we're still having fun. Nice, nice. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. I mean, I tell people the same thing. If you want to start a car magazine on the web today, it's it's a lot harder than it was, you know, 14 years ago when, when I started. So... It's not easy, especially today. There's so many people creating content on so many platforms. So you're competing with so many eyeballs out there and other content creators. So it's not easy. And same thing on YouTube and Instagram, TikTok. I guess all of them, they're um, they're, all, they're oversaturated. But I never say never to someone that wants to try something new because you'll never know when you find your own angle. And I've seen people blowing up even the last two years doing COVID with silly videos and silly stuff. So, you know, that's the beauty of uh, all those platforms. I feel like the market for general car news, it's overcrowded, has been overcrowded forever. So if you want to compete, you're looking at Motor Trends, Car and Driver, Autoblog, Motor One, The Drive. Oh my God, there's so many. I can't even list all of them, Car Bus. So how are you differentiating yourself from all of those? Versus I've always believed in in kind of niches, verticals, because you can you can grow there quite a bit. You can become an expert in that field too. And now people come to you as being the number one source for BMW news. So automatically you have that audience that's engaged with you. And of course, now you're reaching other audiences too through you know Google searches and SEO and everything else. Um, on top of that, of course, because you're, you're the expert in that field, advertisers kind of come to you also now because you're there you're kind of the number one in that niche so they will come to you versus splitting that budget across 20 other you know companies and if you're a company and you want to advertise something to a premium audience you go to whatever current driver when you say okay you have 10 million uniques but how many people are really into bmws maybe 1 million maybe half a million who knows so there is value in, in in niches and verticals, and that's why you see a lot of them being successful in the watching like watch industry and other ones too. So no, I mean honestly, I think it was the right choice. Also, I mean one because I love the brand, um, clearly. Um, two, I feel like the BMW community it's very passionate. So I sometimes relate that to the Apple community. There are very few brands out there that are like that. Yes, Porsche has got a good one, but. Um, a lot less product there, a lot less owners. So now, of course, the topics are limited too. Where in the BMW Mercedes world, you have quite a few topics that you can cover. I've always appreciated you guys sharing oh, our, our videos and articles. Like that's been like a huge help. Like as like even when we were like starting off, like having your site share our stuff, like 
gave us confidence that what we were doing was the right way. Mm-hmm. So appreciate that the whole sure. time. And so confident both sponsor of ours. Um, I believe they're heavily uh, partnered with BMW mm-hmm. and uh, BMW. When we went to Yuri, where was that? New York, Monticello. New York. Yeah, yeah. They had the, uh, they had the well, they, yeah, they had the M5 mm-hmm. with the other M5 for the world record drift, which was on continental mm-hmm. tires. So yeah. that was like really cool to see. So uh, obviously like both brands are like doing like cool stuff with drifting and all that fun stuff. So yeah, I think I, I think it could make sense there, but I had a quick question because sure. on the, you, you mentioned like comments and stuff like that. Um, I have, I have a, a bit of a question for you. What does CS stand for? Club sport. And then we decided to change that to competition sport. So that's the official name today, competition sport. I don't know what it means. So it isn't club sport anymore? It's I, not club I sport anymore. No, sport. it's competition okay. sport. So Somebody emailed yeah, we, us. We, we, we asked. The official answer. We asked, we asked someone in Germany at one of the launches. I think it mm. might have been the three series. And mm. they had... No, it was, uh, so anyways, we were having dinner and drinks and stuff. And the, the guy didn't know. He looked at the other engineer. Mm. He looked at that one. He's like, it's this. He's like, it's, it's competition sport, right? He's like, no, I think it's coop sport. Oh, I think it's club sport. He's like, oh, we'll, we'll get back to you. And it was pretty funny to have that. And we, we, did get, we did get an, an official answer. But then uh, I remember seeing the, I, I took a screenshot of this. I think I posted on Instagram stories. And BMW M, uh, someone asked them, and then they gave one answer, and then BMW's USA's account <laughs> gave a different answer. I was really? like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, yeah. Keep it well, fluid. Keep it fluid. Yeah, just right. keep changing. I'm, it. All, keep I'm all right with that. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep it different at BMW Blocks. If Rachel's gonna say competition sport, I'm gonna say club sport. We're just gonna I'm just gonna troll everyone in the comments. Now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We I'm put out an the official source, and then you just change yeah. it every single time. Yep. I think we put out an article on that um, maybe a couple of years back because uh, it was a topic that everybody asked. So I think we, we wrote something and asked BMW Germany and they came up with their competition sport. You know, basically that was the name. But I just call it the CS, honestly. That's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the easiest way. And now, now CSL, now that's a different story because now you like competition, no, coupe sport lightweight. Like, but none of the yeah. cars are yeah. light. So I don't know. Well, well, that made sense for the because it's from the three three liters CSL, and that's exactly what that was. It was a coupe. It was sporting. It was lightweight. You know, like it, it described exactly what that car was. So mm-hmm. you can't use that for you know like an M3 now because it's a sedan. But I don't know. What throws me off well, even isn't that more. What the, wasn't isn't that what the Mercedes SL is? It's like a sport leak or whatever. Yeah, it stands yeah. for sport light, and it weighs like yeah. So much, it's yeah, so heavy now. The the Mustang is an SUV now, so all the yeah. and the, and Mercedes makes everything a coupe, so everything yeah, is out the window. Words mean nothing now. Nothing yeah. matters. Just have, no. as long as it sells. I mean, yeah. look at the i4 and the iX. They got some strange names like iX M50 uh, or M60 yeah. uh, uh, X Drive 40. I don't even know what 40 means anymore or 50 or. I mean, what is, what does any what are any of the BMW mm. names mean now? Like the you know 330i is a two liter four cylinder. It makes no sense, you know. And what does the i even mean? Because I noticed that they dropped it for the electric cars. Well, like I the i is the- now in front. Yeah, I always stood for injection for fuel injection from back in like the that was 60s. Back in the day, every yeah. car okay. is fuel injected now. So like it seems like a silly that's just tradition, but it doesn't stand for the I, I drive infotainment. <laughs> well, I guess they couldn't do BMW i4 M50i. Right. Yeah, they, yeah, would, they, yeah, 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 that would have been strange. Sense, yeah. yeah. I guess I don't even know. I mean, I 
we wrote an article on that too before the car came out. I feel like everybody's in a spot where there's so many models within their lineup, and it's it's either you revamp the entire naming convention for all the cars, or you just kind of go with the flow. And I think for most for most car companies, it's really the the higher the number that's in the badge, the more expensive the car, and people know you know bigger number, better, more expensive. So I think they just go with that flow because numbers yeah. don't make sense. And I think the i7 or, uh, comes out Porsche Turbo. Yeah, the Taycan Turbo. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that every every 911 is basically turbo now, other than a GT3. BMW had the perfect nomenclature. The first number was the the model. Then the last two numbers were the engine displacement, and then the I was if it was fuel injected or not. So it was perfect. It told you exactly what the car was, and they could have kept that, but I don't know why. I don't know why they changed it. It means nothing now. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, so we're only looking from the perspective of North America, but in in Europe they sell they still sell a 316, 318, 320, 323. So basically all all these cars have the same engine really. It's the same engine just different power outputs. So what what do you do then basically? So yeah. It's, well, it's, maybe you yeah, do what uh, what Cadillac's doing with their electric cars is that they're doing the Newton meters mm. rounded yeah. up to the nearest fifty. Like yeah, nobody yeah, even yeah. uses Newton meters. Yeah, no in one North uses. America. Yeah, but it was just a bigger but, number than the pound. But feet. 400, 500 sound like a big thing. Exactly. Right. Yeah, right. Well, it's like seven hundred instead of like three fifty or something. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Know, whatever. Yeah. People are just having fun with it. Exactly. Gotta get creative somehow. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. All right, guys. Well, it was a pleasure. Thank you for joining. Yeah, thank uh, you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks if you so guys, if you have any cool videos, you know, and we don't see them, send them over. I'm sure we will see them. We we definitely follow yeah. you. So. Yeah, we follow. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get you the one M footage one of these. Yeah, days. that'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Send it over. I mean, any any one M footage, it's close to my heart. So honestly, uh, if you send it over, we'll make sure to uh, to promote it for sure. <laughs> cool all right guys yeah. well thanks for watching everyone or listening um you guys want to drop your instagram too or you're just gonna we're gonna send people over to your youtube channel or just send them to the straight, yeah. we'll straight. that's where the ad revenue is it's all, all right. it's all good that's where the red yeah. uh, traverse review we need more views on that <laughs> yeah. gotcha all right <laughs> thank you guys i really appreciate it